Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Coming up on this episode, how the Rockefeller financial cabal has enslaved mankind. That family has created so much hardship and sterilization, even the cures for cancer, all the medicines, everything, uh, chemotherapies, all controlled by them, radiations, all controlled by them. This podcast is brought to you by Reverse Speech Radio, a podcast committed to telling you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Using the exact same technology as the CIA, they know because they trained them. Join hosts Christian Dicadure and David John Oates every week and hear never-before-heard reversals, revealing the hidden truth. Catch politicians lying, climb inside the head of serial killers, even hear EVPs played in reverse. Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? All will be revealed on Reverse Speech Radio. New episodes drop every Thursday. Find out more at reversespeech.ca. Listen and subscribe at reversespeechradio.libson.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Wednesday. Paul Williams, co-author of Killing the Planet, is standing by to talk about the Rockefeller family and how they have their fingers in essentially every aspect of our lives and not in a good way. Before that, just a reminder to get on up to my website, strangeplanet.ca, and register. It's quick, easy, takes but a moment, but once you've registered, you'll receive my free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum, and you'll be automatically entered into the monthly draw for some great Strange Planet gear from my Strange Planet shop. And congratulations to Colleen Hurley of Winchester, Virginia. She was our October winner, and I've mailed her a great mug Check out those mugs, so many to choose from, as well as t-shirts, etc., at my Strange Planet shop, and you can find that at strangeplanet.ca. Paul Williams, Ph.D., is a journalist and author. He's served as a consultant for the FBI, editor and publisher of the Metro in Scranton, Pennsylvania, as well as an adjunct professor of humanities at the University of Scranton. Paul's list of published books includes The Al-Qaeda Connection, International Terrorism, Organized Crime, and the Coming Apocalypse. The Vatican Exposed, Money, Murder, and the Mafia. Osama's Revenge, The Next 9-11, What the Media and Government Haven't Told You. And he is the co-author of Killing the Planet, How a Financial Cartel Doomed Mankind. Paul Williams, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? It's great to be back with you, Richard. I'm fine, thank you. My first question, I find myself asking this a lot these days, with authors that are dealing with this type of subject matter, and that is, how do you get a book like this published? This thing is radioactive. Well, I was, I've been very fortunate all my life. I started, when I started writing uh, as a young man, uh, I mean, I'm 75 right now, but when I got out of graduate school, my uh, 
I, I began writing for William F. Buckley at National Review. So I've never had a problem, Richard, getting published, which is strange to say. I mean, I've been published by uh, the recent book, the Killing the Planet, was published by Al Regnery, who just started a new publishing firm called Republic. But uh, I, 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 I can't. I just been blessed. I've never had. I've never had that problem. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not referring to your writing ability because you know, obviously, that goes without saying. You're a tremendous writer, but I'm saying the content of this book. You can't. Yeah, that's you, what I mean too. Because, that's what I mean in yeah. terms of the content. I mean, you got a book where the, Killing the Planet is probably. I would say it's uh, it's inflammatory. I'd say it's red hot mm. because it, it it zeroes in really on one family, on the Rockefeller family, and what they have done, you know, uh, uh, throughout the throughout the past century and a half. And uh, I mean, they've, they've been responsible for about every horrible thing that has happened on the planet. So yeah, I, I would say the book is yeah. I, I, I I'm kind of surprised that Al would take it on but he did right and And, i'm glad he did i think and and people also have to understand that you know this isn't just a a bunch of conspiracy theory stuff this book i mean a book publisher spends hundreds of thousands of dollars lawyering a book to make sure it's it's not you know libelous Right, exactly. The vetting process. You know, I've been sued in Canada, where you where you are. I've been I was sued there for millions of dollars by uh, McMaster University, and I mean, I, I prevailed. I won. But I mean, even when you win, you know, like a publisher, when you win, you lose because you have to pay the legal fees. Right. So, uh, yeah. So it's a, you're right. Uh, but this book, I think, is very very controversial and. Uh, uh, you know, Regnery has has a history of, of publishing controversial books, and uh, I've just been fortunate that Al took this one on. Well, God bless him for that. So, yeah. first we had Killing Uncle Sam, which really focused on another very powerful uh, family, the Rothschilds uh, dynasty. Right. Uh, this right. one, as you say, Killing the Planet, it go we go international, but now we're focusing on uh, the the, um, the Rockefellers and and that whole nexus, you know, the Morgans and the Carnegies, but mainly the the Rockefellers. The Rockefellers. At what, right. At what point did the Rockefellers uh, basically take over from the Rothschilds? Well, really, what happened? You have to really go back to Cecil John Rhodes and he created the Society. All of your listeners probably know this. This uh, the Society of the Elect. He formed that in 1889 with with Nathan Rothschild, and uh, members of that Society of the Elect were most were the most powerful individuals in England at that time. You had not only in, in, uh, Nathan Rothschild, but you had a Lord Reginald Brett, who was a chief advisor to Queen Victoria. You had Lord Rosebery, who became the Prime Minister. You had Balfour, Arthur Balfour, who also became Prime Minister. Uh, you had Cardinal Ed, uh, Henry Edward Manning, who was the chief Catholic prelate in, in in England at that time. He became a member of the Secret Society. William Booth, the founder of the... I could go on. But they were the most powerful people in England at that time. And what they did was they formed the Society of the Elect, which morphed into the Pilgrim Society. And they wanted a, a, a branch of the Pilgrim Society in America. So what they did was they reached out to J.P. Morgan and the most powerful industrialists and bankers in the United States, and they formed the Pilgrim Society in New York. And they met every month at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. 
uh, because Astor was a member of the uh, of the Pilgrim Society. But the most powerful guy in that room when they formed, and, and I mean, Andrew Carnegie was there, the Vanderbilts were there, the Astors were there, Morgan was there. The, once again, the most powerful people in the country were there, and uh, even Mark Twain was a, was a member of that. But the most powerful guy in that room was was a guy without any hair. He looked like a vampire. He was gaunt and tall, a humorless, and his name was John D. Rockefeller. And what he did was the first thing that the Pilgrim Society accomplished in the United States was the formation of the Federal Reserve. And by by the Federal Reserve, which is not federal, of course, it's private. You know, it's a really a it's a private holding company, and it's it's not federal. It's not a reserve. They have no nothing in reserve, and uh, it's not a system. It's a syndicate. But <clears throat> shares in the Federal Reserve, which control our currency here, uh, are owned by private shareholders. Most people are unaware of that. But the chief, this is what what opened my eyes to the Rockefeller. The the, the chief shareholders in the Federal Reserve became the Rockefeller family. Hmm. And the, first of all, they took over the Federal Reserve. Uh, secondly, by that, by that time, they, were the, they, they had controlled all of the oil, well, 95% of the oil in Canada and the United States, and they, they started to expand uh, globally to, uh, to control the, 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 the oil in, in, uh, in, in, in Persia, which Iran, of course, now, and in uh, Russia, and uh, throughout creation. So by the time, the, right shortly after the, the Pilgrim Society was, was formed, by 1914, Rockefeller had gained control of the Federal Reserve. He had gained control of the world's energy supply. And uh, he, he, not only that, but he, he had increased the valuability of oil uh, and enormously. And he did this because... When Henry Ford developed his cars, the cars were, were meant to run on, uh, on, on, on ethanol. vegetables. Ethanol, yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, the, the fermentation of vegetables. Right? He, he thought that this was going to be a great boon for farmers, that farmers were going to make millions and millions of dollars out of the cars, that the cars could run on, you know, uh, on corn, on, on, on fermented wheat, oats, anything, apples, anything that, that was fermented. And uh, what happened was the Rockefellers, this is another thing I discovered that while writing Killing Uncle Sam, uh, I discovered that the prohibition was brought about and sponsored by the Rockefellers. Hmm. And the reason they, they did that, of course, was, you know, you, they, if, you're outlining, if, if you're outlawing alcohol, you're doing away with fermented vegetables as a source of fuel. Ah. And that, that really... By 1914, when we're talking about it, he already had a quarter of a million gas stations throughout Canada and the United States. So uh, uh, during World War World, World War One, this is once again the Rockefeller. This is killing the planet. The whole what opened my eyes to it. Uh, during World War One, I, I realized that he was sponsoring the Russian Revolution. As a matter matter of fact, Leon Trotsky was living on. On, stat, on standard oil property in New Jersey. He was sheltered there. And he was sent to Russia in 1917 by the Rockefellers. And the Rockefellers were not only... They paid for all the communist uh, newspapers and all the communist periodicals that were being circulated throughout the world. 
And you see, they realized in the, in, uh, they, they wanted to gain control of that Russian oil. And they, they could only do that by the, the czar wouldn't go, go, go along with the, the Rockefeller schemes. So they wanted to topple the government. And they realized that by toppling the government, especially with communism, they could control a centralized government like that with a centralized bank. So I, I realized that then after World War I, they created the, uh, the Consul in Foreign Relations here in the United States, which had another branch in, in England called the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Well, through the uh, Council on Foreign Relations, which was an expansion of, of the uh, the Pilgrim Society, all this, by the, by the way, a, as you know, Richard, you know, in, in the book, it's the book has 1,500 footnotes. Right, right. All of it is all of it is documented. But what happened is in the Council of Foreign Relations, once again, they brought all the most it was the gatekeeper was John D. Rockefeller Jr. And to be, belong to the Council on Foreign Relations, you had to be wired. You had to be wealthy. Uh, you had to pass it. You had to pass Rockefeller uh, 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 scrutiny. And uh, uh, every secretary of state that we've had That's until right. Tillerson, including Tillerson, was affiliated with the con- a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, Nineteen of the, the uh, secretaries of uh, the Treasury were uh, from the Council on Foreign Relations. Every uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve came from the Council on Foreign Relations. Now, we're not talking about a huge organization. You're talking about an organization with 1,200 members. Yeah, right. You know, once again, it's, but in order, once again, it's a, became a very, very powerful organization. And that organization was controlled by the Rockefellers as well. And uh, through the Federal Re- by con- by controlling the, the, the State Department through the, Fed, through the Council on Foreign Relations, by controlling the economy through the Federal Reserve, the Rockefellers, and once again, this was all an illumination to me, uh, engineered the Great Depression, which caused, of course, all the, all the, the shares in every, com- in every company throughout the, throughout the world. Can you just to, spend a minute uh, and know, talk to, about how that was engineered, how the stock market crash of 2009 sure was engineered okay how 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 was how did that happen okay okay it, it was very easy you see what 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 happened was the federal you got to realize the council on foreign relations just say you had well you even your show if you want with, with your show richard if you wanted to get inside information you had to belong to the council on foreign relations because all the wealthy people all the influential people in the country went there for for the they had a they have 120 meetings a year but you'd have to go there for a meeting to find out what was going to be what was would take place in the country and what was being planned now what happened in uh once again so in that way the council on foreign relations controlled the press and what they did was they the, the stories throughout the late 1920s were being circulated about how anyone an idiot could make a, a fortune in the stock market and they, they could do this by, uh, by something called a 24-hour call. If you invested, this is through the banks in the United States and Canada, if, if you wanted to borrow a, 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 a $1,000, you only had it to provide $100 in capital. Now that the remaining $900 that you owed had to, was subjected to something called the 24-hour call. That would mean... Just say they gave you a loan for you put up ten ten thousand dollars and they gave you a hundred thousand dollars. Well, 
According to the 24-hour call, they could call you up one day and say, Richard, you know, we gave you that $10,000 uh, loan, but now we're calling in the 90000 Right. You got it? Which you don't the have. 24-hour <laughs> call. Yeah, yeah. And what happened was in, in, in 19, 1929, the banks, the, uh, uh, a panic was generated, and the banks began calling in the loans, and everything collapsed. Mm-hmm. It was real easy, real easy to engineer. All done really through Chase, through the Chase Bank, through the through the Rockefeller banks, and by that time the the Rockefellers had taken control of all the Morgan banks. So I mean, they, they, it was very easy for them to, to to generate this. But with that, what happened with with the Great Depression is uh, not not only did Nelson Rockefeller become the chief advisor to uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, but uh, the the shares fell to pennies on a dollar in every, the DuPont, General Electric, every major company, General Motors, Ford, everything fell to pennies on a dollar and the Rockefellers gobbled it all up. Right. So in in that way, they they could, they, they not only gained control of the energy throughout the world, but they also can gain control of corporate America. Didn't the same thing happen in the crisis of 2008? It was, you know, that uh, whatever, right. $800 billion that was basically given to the banks, they they used that to purchase the, the banks that were failing. It was co- often referred to as exactly. the, the bank acquisition loan. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same thing that, you know, has been going on and going on and going on, you know, from general. But it, 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 the story goes a lot deeper than that. It, it, it eventually evolved into a point where the uh, the Rockefellers gained control of the educational system, and they did that very easily too. Richard, what they did was they they formed philanthropy, philanthropies like the Rockefeller Foundation, which began loaning out. And once again, uh, they began loaning, uh, not loaning, granting billions of dollars to educational institutions throughout the United States. And uh, the colleges began, and, and institutes of higher learning, uh, became dependent upon this, in this, this, this flow of money from the foundation. And what the Rockefeller Foundation would do would, would, would be, uh, you know, we're going to give you this money perpetually, in, in perpetuity, but we're going to ask something, just a little, little, little thing from you. We want to have a stay, say in what kind of courses you're offering and uh, what kind of curricula you're developing and what type of people are in the administration. And, of course, if you didn't comply with their demands, the money was cut off. So th- by, that, by that very simple form of bribery, they gained control. At one-third of the, uh, f- of the funding for the American colleges and universities comes from uh, the Rockefeller and the Carnegie and the Ford Foundations, and they all have interlocking directorates. Uh, through the same system, of, uh, they gain control of the uh, American Bar Association, which became very, very, very uh, instrumental for their... And they could, they, at the, by the American Bar Association, would develop laws. Every law that we have in the United States, the common law was done away with thanks to the American Bar Association. Uh, the, 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 the American Bar Association uh, accredited its 
every institution, every every law school in the country. If you don't get their accreditation, forget it. In order to practice law here in the United States, you have to pass before the American bar. There was a time, well, though, when, when Harvard sort of stood up. I mean, they weren't accredited, right? And they were going their own way, but they got to them eventually. Uh, they, got, they got through that just through the money through the money and uh <clears throat> once again all the the lawyers that we have right now you, you think you live in a democracy but it, when you appear in a court of law the uh the judges have complete di- dictatorial right over the the courtroom if you're ever dragged according to the laws that have been changed once again by the rockefellers in the united states i've been dragged before this before grand juries for instance if you drag before a grand jury in the united states uh you, you you're facing the grand jury you can have you cannot have a lawyer with you you can't you cannot take the fifth amendment you have to answer the questions if you don't you could end up in the slammer uh you're being questioned by one person uh, the uh, you know a federal prosecutor and uh, you can't once again you're 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 right there you have no rights at all uh, uh, it's been said that a, a grand jury could indict a ham sandwich and right. I, I would say that, that is, uh, but once again the, the, the Rockefellers took control not only of the law uh, schools and the, the, the American law institutes and the American law, but they also took control of the American educational facilities. They took a kick control of the American Medical Association because what they had to do was they developed petrochemicals and they did away with all the holistic doctors. They, they began funding the American Medical Association, took complete control of it. So the, the medical schools became relying on, on, on funds from the Rockefeller philanthropies. And uh, they, right now, especially in Canada, there, there were wonderful cancer cures that were developed there. Uh, and they were all lawed uh, by uh, the American Medical Association. Well, speaking and, of which... Uh, uh, holistic uh, doctors were put out of business. You know not, that. not only put out of business, but there's a death list a mile long. Now. Yes, I, I have that in the book. That's it, killing the planet. All those people who were put to death. Yep, yep. And, and there were key, and and it, not only that, but they they it goes on. It co- goes so deep. They even control the food. The genetically modified organisms were developed by the Rockefellers. And I, I mean, these things are so dangerous. Uh, uh, GMOs, uh, for instance, in in in, in, in they, they were they were they were developed in Mexico, of course, in the 1940s by Rockefeller and, and scientists. But they, when they uh, when they started to really uh, grow uh, genetically modified crops in India, in Punjab, in the Punjab regions, for instance, uh, the, the 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 farmers it, it was so toxic. That to this day, through northern Punjab, there's a cancer train that runs every night that loads on farm workers, and they're taken to a hospital, and 90% of them die just dealing with genetically modified food. And that the crops that they grow, of course, a genetically modified crop, this is by the Rockefellers, can only produce our, 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 their seeds, but they're terminator seeds. Right. They, they, they're only good for one season. And they can only grow in, in uh, fertilizer and in uh, uh, and, and, and soil enriched by Rockefeller chemicals. Right. So it's this but round, it this the, roundup, this Monsanto roundup exactly, that's been, been it, named in exactly. these class action lawsuits now. Exactly. Uh, but do you know what? There's a Monsanto uh, that, that, that the Rockefellers brought up under George H.W. Bush, a, a, a Monsanto protection law. So that in the final analysis, 
the Monsanto is going to be exempt from litigation. Hmm. I just want to circle back to the education for a moment. Sure. Uh, and uh, because this wasn't just in the, uh, the the colleges, the public schools, and so forth, this also happened in a lot of the the, the Bible colleges and the seminaries, right? They took, oh, big they, time! They took the, <clears throat> the they took the essence, the spiritual essence, out of the Bible. Exactly. Well, what they did was, you see, uh, they, 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 the move was globalization. Globalization of 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 of, uh, of industry is, you know, that, that's the think about it. Control, you, you could, if you didn't globalize your product, for instance, oil with the Rockefellers, you'd be giving rise to all these competitors. So the secret was globalization for control. And in order to bring about globalization, you need you need a unified government, unified system of world government. That's why they're always pressing for the League of Nations and the UN and, and, and deploying troops under the UN flag. That's why they 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 with the uh, instead of having histories of different countries, you would have uh, uh, comparative religions. You would have uh, social science rather than history. Uh, but what they did with the seminaries is they wanted to promote a one world religion. They realized that the major block to uh, a globalist ideology was Christianity. Uh, John D. Rockefeller Jr. realized this. So what they, they started to do is, once again, all the major seminaries, every major seminary in the United States began receiving funds from the Rockefellers. And they, they would put in the stipulation that, oh, yeah, yeah, we want to, we want to fund the, the gospel. We, we know the good that you guys are doing. And then one day they said, oh, by the way, when you're teaching the, 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 the gospel stories, we don't want you to, to stress the supernatural aspects of of the, of, of, of the Gospels or the, any, any supernatural aspect of Jesus Christ. We want you to focus on the social Gospel. And, oh, one other thing that we want you to do is we want you to show that all the Gospels are conflicting, and uh, and therefore they're not really historical documents. Now, if you keep up, com- comply with our request, we'll continue to give you millions and millions and millions of dollars. And that's what happened. Well, it answers so many questions. Like, for example, I grew up in the Methodist Church or the United Church. I'm now a Greek Orthodox, but there are United Church ministers now that don't believe in the divinity of Christ. Oh, let let me tell you, you, since you just said this, Richard, I I I received a full scholarship scholarship from from Drew University because really from a— from, from an Orthodox Jewish professor there, and I was very fortunate. But Drew also had a seminary, uh, and it's a Methodist school. And uh, I was in class, you know, in, in, in many of these New Testament uh, courses. I saw what, ha- what happened at Drew, and that was, once again, the major Methodist seminary at that time, where the professors would would, would, would get these future ministers, these seminarians, and they're just blackboards. And they said, okay, what does it say about the resurrection of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew? And they jot everything down on the blackboard. Who was there? When were they there? Who, who, was, who, who did they report it to? Uh, what happened next? And they jot everything down on the blackboard. This is what Matthew said. Then they go to Mark. 
This is what Mark said. Now, jot everything down on the blackboard. Then Luke, what, what, what's in Luke's account? And then what's in John's account? And they said, okay, don't, now notice, compare one to the other, to the other, to the other. They disagree about everything. Now, this is the first day in, in New Testament course. And what they would do is you'd get people who were in there, who in attending uh, the, the seminary, who were fervent believers, real believers. I saw them in two weeks just completely destroy their faith. Completely. Hmm. And that, that that's the way they did it. It was it once again it's it this was all according to a scenario to promote a one world that the only thing that you can preach about that's accurate about Jesus is a social doctrine and that Jesus was a socialist. And if you do that, yeah, you're fine. More of my conversation with Paul Williams when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Colleen Forgus is back with us, our certified nutritional therapy consultant, and she manages the full script dispensary at strangeplanet.ca. Colleen, welcome back. Hi, Richard. You know, as a kid, I remember receiving a spoonful of castor oil, and my gosh, that was just horrible, but it's good for us. What is this I see on the full script dispensary? It's a castor oil pack. That's right, Richard. Castor oil pack is something that was actually made popular by Edgar Casey. He spoke about uh, castor oil packs a lot in his readings, but it's excellent for lymph flow, blood flow, so improving circulation throughout the body, and it's a great liver support and detox, helps to relieve constipation. A little castor oil rubbed on the scalp can even help with hair regrowth. Ah, so you don't have to take it orally. That's right. What I'm talking about today is actually a pack that's made with flannel. You lay it perhaps on the liver if you want to help the liver. So there's a process. And on the Fullscript website, there are complete directions on how to actually create the pack. And we also have a listing of all of the items necessary to create a pack. So people, when they go to Fullscript, can go right to the button I created for castor oil packs. It's got directions and all of the materials necessary to do a, a castor oil pack. To register for the full script dispensary, just go to strangeplanet.ca, click on the button and type in your email. And don't forget, 10% off on all orders. Talk again next week, Colleen. Take care, Richard. Full script, nature grade, science made. These products have not been assessed by the FDA and are not intended to treat, cure, or diagnose. If you have a medical concern, please consult your health care provider. If there's one thing money can't buy, it's sanity. <laughs> Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Paul L. Williams, co-author of Killing the Planet, is here and we're discussing the stranglehold the Rockefellers have on American life. There was a congressional hearing in the 1950s that declared um, sort of public enemy number one, the the, uh, the National mm. Council of Churches. Explain. Oh, yeah. Rockefeller, once again, that, 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 you see, Richard, that's what, what opened, that's why killing this book is so important, I think, because behind all of these things, there's only one family. That's what's so shocking. Even even re- regarding climate control, there's only one family there, and that they, that family has created huh, so much hardship. And I mean, sterilization, the uh, huh, even even the, even the cures for cancer, all the medicine, 
everything, uh, chemotherapies, all controlled by them. Radiations, all controlled by them. It's, it's, uh, once again, when I discovered that, the, the scales just, it's, it's really easy to understand what is taking place in this country. But, and, and once again, through my research, and I work with uh, Rodney Howard Brown, yes. but through, my, through, my, through our research, I, you know, we just kept coming upon Rockefeller, 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 Rockefeller Foundation, the Rockefeller Monsanto, all these firms that were controlled by the Rockefellers. Well, I'll give you one more from, would, a, uh, from a Canadian perspective. Of course, we have a situation out in Alberta uh, where the, uh, the, the oil industry out there has just been devastated because they can't get their oil to market, the tar sands. Uh, right. And we have we have oil workers committing suicide. Their families have been devastated, and of course, the only place that they can they can't get their oil to the uh, coast to send it uh, overseas. They, so, uh, who has demonized the tar sands, calling it dirty oil? All these environmental groups. We have yeah. a wonderful researcher out here, Vivian Krauss, uh, who uh, who determined that the the people that are behind all of these environmental groups. It's the Rockefeller Foundation. Exactly. Even the Sierra Club. All of them. All of them. Green Energy. All Rockefeller. Climate Control. Which, which, but which by the way, you know, clim- climate change. Excuse me. They, the, the Rockefellers have been involved in climate control, you know, since the 1950s. Hmm. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. What you're saying about oil. I mean, everybody should be aware of, I hope they're aware of what's happening, even, even what's happening at the basin of the Caspian Sea where, you know, there, there's such a surfeit of, of oil. Uh, I mean, that place has become so strategically important. I mean, people don't think that oil still, you know, uh, governs what's happening. If they, they're not aware of that, they're not aware of what's happening in the Middle East because at the basin of the Caspian Sea there is Iran. And that's why our focus is on Iran right now. Next to Iran, of course, is northern Iraq, which where our presence is very strong. And next to that is Syria. And you can't have a pipeline from the Caspian Sea without going through Syria. So uh, that's why Syria is of all strategic importance. But, I mean, we are being so manipulated, Richard. When you say the, when you refer to it as sort of this Luciferian system, uh, I mean, how far does that, that analogy go do you believe that the rockefellers are are satanic they worship lucifer uh, I, look that that is a stretch but i, I do know this that you, you know let, let where it all started is in in it, with cecil john rhodes and every member of his society almost every member was a was a theosophist Re, 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 uh, that 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 subscribe to uh, Helena Petrova Blavatsky yes. and uh, Alistair Crowley. Yeah, so, yeah, as, exactly. There's a very strong strain of that, you know, regarding the Pilgrim Society. Everything that we're talking about, even even involving Freemasonry, it's all there. They're, all these people were Masons. Hmm. So. I mean, you can't you can't divorce that from from you know any discussion that you're having. Going back you know, to for the idea of, of masonry, you have the idea of the one world religion with the Rockefellers were were, were 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 perpetuating and propagating. Right. Talk to me about this uh, Chrislam movement. Yeah. Well, that's 
once again, you know, that's that's part of this this, this plan to combine syncretism, to re- com- combine all religions into one, to say that that Christians the Christians worship the same God as as Muslims, that there's really no theological difference between the Quran and the New Testament. Of course, all, the, all that is crazy, but. It, <clears throat> But that's what you have, and you you have in 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 churches right now throughout 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 the United States. I know, that, and I I believe it's true in Canada as well. You have you, you have churches where you have ceremonies where people are praying to Isa, you know, instead you, the the Islamic name for Jesus. Of course, you know Jesus is mentioned, you know, in in the Quran. He's a minor prophet, but. Uh, but yeah, he's so yeah. That, that once again, that's religious syncretism, and it, it, it. You have to break down to have globalism. You have to break down all the differences between people. You have to open the borders. You have to. You have to generate that. You have to. You have to generate. You know, free free trade, free and unencumbered trade between between all the nations. You have to have that. So, uh, I mean, that was part of the plan from the beginning, and, and we're just seeing it come to fruition. And people who don't believe that's taking place, uh, I, I, I don't. The new world order is already very much in place. Talk to me about the uh, the, the rush towards five G, which of course is instrumental in the, the creation of the Internet of Things. Oh wow! <clears throat> that that once again, you know, researching that technocracy. Uh, Researching that, that that you got the Rockefeller Foundation. It, look, at, I, I don't make any money from killing the planet. This book, I don't make any money. I'm giving, I'm donating it all away. But please, people really have to read this book because that deal in your appliances that you purchase right now. For instance, just say, say you buy a refrigerator, and you 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 have a freezer, and you have a washing machine. They're all capable. They're 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 all capable of monitoring. Not only the, what's taking place in your household. This sounds crazy, but the, it's all interconnected under a five G grid. And you're seeing that you're seeing that five G grid. That's that's going to come up in the next few months. We're going to see that, and uh, it's the Internet of Things, where no matter what you do in your house, you're going to be under you're going to be monitored. Right, right. How much of the- I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's. We're, people are going to be like rats in a maze. People will be arrested for crimes before they happen. Right. Just thinking about that. Well, the police are already creating algorithms to determine uh, who might commit future crimes. Right. Right. Uh, what about but, the uh, what, what's happening this this culture war that, that we're in the midst of? Uh, whether we're talking about gender identity, whether we're talking about. Well, what's happening on college campuses where kids used to protest back in the 60s for more freedom of speech. Now they're protesting against freedom of speech. Now speech is violence. Uh, up is down. Black is white. How much of that is being engineered uh, by Rockefeller? It, it, all of it was engineered, even going back to the, uh, uh, the 1960s. Uh, you know, uh, the, the student of the weatherman, the, uh, the, uh, they, they, they were all being funded. They were all being funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. The more you have upheaval, and you more, the more you have upheaval, the more you have uh, conflict, it's easier for them to move in and take control. What's very interesting. And to manipulate the. Right. 
Right. What's very interesting is when we look at the the two sides, and as you say, the, the Rockefellers are are they they're betting on both horses. Uh, but on the left, you have a very strange coalition. You've got on the one hand, you've got radical uh, Muslims like Linda Sarsour, who who believes in female circumcision and Sharia, and yet, right. and yet she is leading these radical feminist marches. Uh, and then also within that group, you have the LGBTQT community. Uh, they they should be you know at polar opposites in terms the diametrically exactly. opposed, and yet they are. They are uh, all on side. What's going on there? Well, what you, what you have is, how do people get their information right now? I mean, less than 5% of the people throughout the world read books. I mean, that's God. You can see bookstores closing every day. Less than 5% of the, 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 the people read books. Less than 8% of them read newspapers. They're all, most of their information from... Uh, from uh, the, the, no, they're not receiving information. They're receiving entertainment, and they are the, the people right now are so misinformed about just about everything. I mean, if if you mention people like even when you mention uh, Sussex John Rhodes, I, I doubt if one person in a hundred would know exactly who you're, whom you're talking about. Right. I mean, people are so they don't realize that in order to understand. What's taking place in the present? You have to understand the past, and you do. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, and and uh, they control. The, look at, I, I've gone. I taught it. I taught at the major schools throughout the United States. You would be shocked at how little uh, the students know. How I mean, it's unbelievable. I taught theology at the, the leading at the University of Scranton, for instance, which is one of the top Jesuit schools in the United States. Every time that I taught, the first thing I would ask the students is at the leading Jesuit school that's very selective, very difficult to get in. The first thing I would ask them the first day in class is, name the first four books in the New Testament. Do you know, Richard, I would say that maybe 8% of the students could do that. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so it's... it's it, 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 it's it's just been taking everything is is tra- it being transformed at such a such a rapid speed. Uh, but uh, you, you, the subtitle of the book: How a Financial Cartel Doomed Mankind. Are we doomed? Is or is there a way out? Well, I, I always I I, I try to be uh, an optimist, and I try to believe that you know, well that, that, you know as long as people like you and I are, are, are trying to get the word out, there's hope. But. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, how many shows are there like yours? I mean, do you think they'll have me on The View? <laughs> <laughs> really, do you? Do you think they'll have me on Fox News? Not and I used like to be that. on there all the time. Do you think I'm going to be on there? Maybe with Tucker Carlson. I don't know. Sometimes uh, he surprises well, I, me. I, he surprises me sometimes. He, I like him. Look at I really like him. But, uh, I, you know, I, in, in my day, I was on all of them. And uh, I, I, what's taking place there? You know, I mean, forget it. Yeah, they. Yep, they, they don't want to hear that. I mean, it's it, it, what, what I'm talking about would would affect their advertisers. I know that uh, killing Uncle Sam. You got that into the hands of all the senators, the Supreme Court justices. The yes. Con- you gave a lot of books away. Did you get any yes. any feedback from anyone in on Capitol Hill? Not to me. Not to me. Uh, I, I, I think that, you know, well, well, one thing, because of killing Uncle Sam, uh, 
Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, who's my co-author, is receiving a a humanitarian award in Guyana, which is really good. Hmm. And part of his achievement, of course, is the work that we did on killing Uncle Sam. So it it, it, it did make an impact. But, uh, you know... what can I tell you, Richard? I, I don't. I, I don't know. But the, the people on and uh, uh, they don't read. I mean, these people. These people don't count. The politicians don't count. I mean, they're all, all all being controlled by the lobbyists, and the lobbyists are all being controlled by the by the money cartel. I mean, it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's not. I mean, right, right. Well, as you point out, it. they don't even read the the bills that they pass. No, they, re- they rely the on these. The- they rely on these uh, congressional research service. Uh, that are that are permanent uh, staffers that have been there for twenty years, and I assume they're also bought and paid for by the Rockefellers. Well, absolutely, and the federal policy is is developed within the bowels of the Council on Foreign Relations. This is, like I said in the beginning of this program, every Secretary of State that we've had until Tillerson, Pompeo has very strong ties there. I didn't really get into him lately, but you know, there's a there's an official membership list for the uh, Council on Foreign Relations, but there's also a clandestine list. And he's, he's tied in with the, with, the, with the major corporations that, uh, especially since he was so involved in, in, in aviation, and uh, he was in, involved with uh, so many corporations that, that were deeply embedded in the Council on Foreign Relations. I didn't get into his ties, but every Secretary of State that we've had has been a member on the, of the Council on Foreign Relations. Now, what's nefarious about that is, from the bowels of the, of the Council on Foreign Relations, from that one organization came the United Nations, came the CIA, which is totally controlled by them, came the, uh, the World Bank, came the International Monetary Fund, came the World Trade Organization, all from the inner core of the inner core of the Council on Foreign Relations. They develop study groups, and these study groups prepare papers, and these papers determine federal policy. That's what I'm saying. All these these politicians, I mean, the, the, the policies that they, they, they enact and that they make into law have all been developed by the CFR. They've got it all locked They're, down. Uh, they do. They, well, well there, while there's still time, we can we can uh, wake up and read the book. How do we get a hold uh, of a copy of Killing the Planet? Everybody should go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, and you know, I, I don't know if the bookstores still. There is a great book chain I think, in Canada that I used to deal with all the time, and I can't think of their name right now. But uh, yeah, Chapters, the major Indigo, chain in, Indigo. Yeah, that's it, Indigo. That was, that was just similar to Barnes & Noble here. But yeah, they'd, they'd all have copies of, of Killing the Planet. Uh, but it, it's a, once again, it's a, uh, I think Regnery is very, Al Regnery, Republic, I think they're very brave to take on the book. Uh, and uh, I'm just sitting back. I, I, and as long as I have programs like, like yours to turn to, you know, I, I can get the word out. So yeah. that's great. Well, well, we'll do what we can. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for uh, spending some time. I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate you, Richard. Thank you. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back with some details on an upcoming episode. 
If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the star chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and Whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me. And all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, a not-so-brief history of Cold War paranoia and madness. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.